0: Step I take, my Savior goes before me, and with His loving hand He leads the way. And with each breath I whisper, I adore Thee, oh a joy to walk with Him each day. Step I take, I know that He will guide me to higher ground. He ever leads me on until someday the last step will be taken. Each step I take just leads me closer home. Times I feel my faith begin to waver, when up ahead I see a chasm wide, it's then I turn and look up to my Savior, I am strong when He is by my side. He Step I take, I know that He will guide me to higher ground. He ever leads me on until someday the last step will be taken. Each step I take just leads me closer home. I trust in God, no matter come what may. For life eternal is in His hand. He holds the key that opens up the way. That will lead me to the promised land step I take. I know that He will guide me to higher ground. He ever leads me on. Until someday the last step will be taken. Each step I take just leads me closer home.
1: Let's take our Bibles tonight and turn over to the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 6. 1 Timothy, chapter 6. 1 Timothy, chapter 6. Again, we've been dealing with Timothy, and we are very very aware that he was Paul's protege. He was his son in the faith, the Bible says, and, of course, we... uh, understood that the Apostle Paul, after I'm sure much deliberation and prayer, uh, uh, had the green light to send Timothy to Ephesus. And yet there were a number of obstacles that Timothy, this young man, would face. Again, we say young man, but uh, some have said that Timothy could have been upwards of mid-30s even. But the fact is, is that compared to possibly his congregation, he was a young man. Uh, to those that were older, those that possibly had experienced uh, great persecution in the past. And uh, here he was, a young man, and yet one with great experience himself. And again, age isn't necessarily a gauge of spiritual development by any stretch of the imagination. Somebody could be 60 or 70 or 80 years old and still be a baby in Christ, have been saved for 30, 40 years and never grown in the Lord. It's kind of a tragedy to think of that, uh, but it's a reality and yet this young man had invested his life in the things of Jesus Christ. He had truly yielded himself both to the Lord and to his mentor, the Apostle Paul. And as a result, he finds himself in a position, a position of authority, a position of, of prominence. And he finds himself in a place of dependence on the Lord, a place of dependence, even it sounds somewhat on his uh, mentor, the Apostle Paul, and at least Paul sees a need to send him a letter. He's going to try to help him because he knows one thing. There's a lot of false teachers out there. He knows he's going to face, again, tremendous opposition. And so as we moved along in the book, we've noted so many different things. But last week as we uh, concluded, we had been talking about this issue in chapter 6, verse 1, where it says, Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. And we noted that in the early days of the church, a high percentage of believers were actually slaves. And most of them had unsaved masters. And again, that could be an extremely volatile situation for sure. And in some cases, of course, some of the masters, I'm sure, were kind. But I'm sure in more than not, uh, they weren't so kind indeed. And as a matter of fact, they could have been very cruel even. And yet, as we began to look at the word of God, we realized that the apostle Paul does not address the issue of slavery. He does not deal with it uh, on a social level. He doesn't deal with it that way. He deals with it in a spiritual level. And uh, as we saw, uh, ultimately, he basically tells these particular Christians who are slaves that they'd be called upon to walk by faith and to exercise restraint, that they would be Required and expected to be the best slave they could possibly be. To be loyal and committed and yielded to their masters. And uh, again, that of course is a difficult, difficult prospect. But again, we realize that the bottom line was is Paul was concerned about the welfare of souls more than he was concerned about even the comfort of people. The fact was is that God had given him this And we know that this was a divine message. This was not a man-made message. This was not Paul saying, I think this is what's best. I'm a free man. You're slaves. Too bad. Suck it up, boys. That wasn't what Paul did. Paul was getting direct revelation from the Lord. And Paul was sharing with them what he knew to be God's word. And he gave it to them understanding that the goal of the Christian life is not for you and I to be comfortable. The goal in the Christian life is to honor the Lord Jesus Christ, and we honor Him by propagating Him and sharing Him with others throughout the world and making an impact in the world. We're obedient to Him and His Word, and one of those things that He wants for us and and wants us to accomplish is to spread His Word and Himself around the world. And so in this case, there was a whole uh, empire that was in need of jesus christ and this empire had laws in place that certainly favored slave owners and if he would have told those slaves to revolt they would have been wiped down where would the witness of christ be then and the bottom line was is that christ's witness and his testimony was more important than their personal comfort and may I say today, as we look back on that time in history, as we read our Bibles today and as we glean from them, as we seek to grow from them, we need to be very aware of that reality, that God isn't as concerned about our comfort as He is about Him being elevated and lifted up and glorified. And that's something that's very foreign to us in America today because our world is centered around comfort and ease and, and just uh, being you know, of, of even leisure. We, we, you know, we have to be very careful with this. And as believers, we seen here that Paul, the apostle under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gave this instruction. Now in verse 2, if you'd look there in verse 2, we find that Paul now addresses slaves who had Christian masters. Christian masters. And you say, that's not very Christ-like to have slaves. Yeah, I know, but that was the culture, that was the situation, and that's the way it was. And may I say, it's not very Christ-like probably to watch what we watch on television either. That's right. But unfortunately, unfortunately, we have been inundated with our culture and our level of Christianity. You're right. And what we think is normal and what we think is okay and what we think is acceptable in our eyes probably isn't so acceptable in God's I'm just saying, Let's before we start throwing stones, let's look at ourselves a little bit. But the fact is, is that here he now says, in 1 Timothy 6, 2, And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren, but rather do them service, because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. Paul recognized. Listen, if you don't think you live in the greatest country in the world, you're out of your mind. Do you know that... I mean, moving on. Paul recognized the fact that a slave who had a believing master may even I mean, attend the same church as his master. I mean, Now think about this for a minute. If, if indeed the early church was comprised of a great number of slaves... Is it not possible then if a master was saved that he would have to attend a church in his local area? So here we have slaves possibly going to church with their slave owners. And we have slaves drinking out of the same communion cup as their slave owners. And we have slaves that are actually sitting in classes with their slave owners and possibly even slaves teaching their masters in a Sunday school class. And yet, on Monday morning, if you will, they wake up and they are slaves. And they're no longer the teacher or socially the equal. Because what we're finding is Paul was concerned, and he writes this passage, because what he was concerned about was, is that they might think that they have the same rights socially that they enjoyed spiritually on Sunday. And that would have been a problem because they didn 't have that right, so he understands that, in many cases as well, believing masters would probably be uh, maybe a little more apt to extend certain privileges to believing slaves that that would be a temptation, which there 's no problem with that he 's not saying there 's anything wrong with that, but if you notice what he 's actually saying to the slaves are, uh, the bottom line is is this um, you better make sure you don't take advantage of your master. Because, see, you're sitting there beside him in Sunday school, and the other guys and the other gals that are slaves know your relationship on Sunday. And the fact is, is that don't you put him in a bad spot because you expect favors. You better be careful with that. You show them honor. So... He says, do them service. And instead of demanding privileges and concessions, a Christian slave, to the best of their ability, were to be the most diligent, loyal, productive, and have the best attitude of any single slave there was. That's what Paul's teaching them and telling them. So a slave that had a believing master should expect no preferential treatment. No preferential treatment. A slave of a believing master should consider no task too arduous, no task too tedious. Well, all the slaves he's got, and he picks me. He's just mad at me because I I get to teach Sunday school and he doesn't. Apostle Paul says, do them service. Uh, The believing master should go the extra mile gladly. That's what the Apostle Paul's teaching him. And I go, that goes against the grain of our humanity. That goes against the grain of our flesh. That's the problem. See, when you think about Jesus Christ, uh, can you imagine creating the universe? Can you just, with me a moment, imagine being the creator of all mankind? And yet, when duty called, he left glory and came to earth. And he literally submitted to his own creation. I mean, think about what he put up with and think about what he endured for you and I. I don't believe he's asking these slaves to do anything he hadn't already done. And yet, we get asked to clean a toilet in the men's bathroom or ladies' bathroom, and we say, uh, I'm sure that there's somebody else that could have done that. I have, much be- I have more skill than that. I- I'm, more- I'm more valuable to the church than cleaning a restroom. Put tables away. I mean, come on. There's others that can do that job. I paid my dues. Come on. I mean, run a sweeper? Are you kidding me? I mean, if you had asked me to teach a class, I'll fine. You'd ask me to take over a bus. That's just for the day, because I wouldn't want it all the time. But if you asked me to take over a bus, I'd do it for the day. If you, if you wanted me to, you wanted me to uh, make. Um, I don't know, to, um, you know, whatever. But boy, I'll tell you what, to work in the nursery, to clean the church, I mean, to go out just soul winning and meet people that aren't necessarily happy to see me all the time, forget it. Wow, what's wrong with us? When the Bible says that Jesus came as a servant. And that's exactly what he's telling these to do. We are offended by the Apostle Paul's commands in Scripture here in many cases. If you would take that and you would show the world those passages, they would be offended by the Word of God. And they'd say, that's why I don't want to be a Christian. But they haven't even got a clue what it was all about. And all I'm saying is is that you and I, of all people, should understand what this is really about. But man say, we don't, I don't think. Because, see, too often the Christian life still about us. Because if we really understood that everything that is accomplished, everything that is done in this life has an eternal ramification, if we really could grasp the concept that we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for every thought, every word, and every deed, if we really grasp that concept... That reality, it would change our attitude. We would be a yes sir man. We'd be a yes sir woman. We would be a yielded servant instead of somebody wanting to be served. The Apostle Paul says to these slaves, and it had to be a mega pill to swallow for them. I can't imagine how tough it would have been. He says... Do them service. Do them service. Paul goes on in verse 2. Notice what he says here. Right at the end of the verse. He says. These things. Teach and exhort. These things teach. And exhort. Wow. Again, we understand that there are some other things along the way that he talked about. Rebuking not elders. And some of those other issues that we addressed dealing with the family, the church of Christ, and so forth. But even this issue here. Now, he's talking to a young man. He's talking to Timothy here. And obviously what Paul the Apostle wrote wasn't the most popular message in the church at that time, in that era. I mean, let's just say that from here over, you're all slaves in the church. This is the only group that are free men, free women. The rest are slaves. Now watch this. Here we go. Message Sunday morning. You that have believing masters. How many of you have believing masters? And 35 of you, raise your hands. The rest of you have unbelieving masters. Do them service. With a good spirit. Go the extra mile. Love them like your own family. You'd be like, what? My master's a jerk. I'm going to tell you, that would not be a popular message if this whole side of the room were slaves. I mean, honestly, that that would... And here's the young man. He's already got to face false teaching. He's already got to deal with all the problems and all the obstacles that come with pastoring as a young man in an older congregation, walking into that ministry and so forth. And here he is now, Paul saying to him very simply, Hey, by the way, Timothy, these things teach and exhort. So Paul's telling Timothy that he must not hesitate to teach and exhort even unpopular truths then. Well, neither should we. Neither should we then. Are there some unpopular beliefs in the Word of God? Are there some things that are written in this book that are kind of hard for the world to swallow? I mean... I don't know where you stand on, and, and again, I can, real easy, this is an easy one. I don't know where you stand on transgender stuff, but it's not biblical and it's not scriptural. And honestly, to say you don't want a man that looks like a woman in the bathroom with your daughter is not hate. That's not hating anybody, that's just common sense. I mean, come on, people. And yet, may I tell you that probably across this country, because of the onslaught of media attention that that issue has drawn over the last year alone, just the last year alone, there are those that sit in churches, and I would even dare say fundamental churches, who will sit there and say, yeah, but there are people too, and we need to be considerate of their feelings, and we have to be very concerned about how, you know, because this, what, what does Hillary run around saying all the time? Uh, that this is a, um, we're all in this together or something we should, I can't remember what it was, but it drives me nuts. But anyway, it's just, I, I don't understand how it is that we can deviate from this book. Do you realize that's an abomination in God's eyes? Do you realize that God hates that kind of stuff? You know, this homosexual movement, this LBG, whatever stuff it is, it's called sodomy. It's called sodomy. It's called sodomy in the Bible. May I tell you, there's no—you cannot dress it up. You cannot, you cannot put icing on it and make it taste good to the believer. You can't do it if they believe the Bible. Now, listen to me. This isn't hate speech. This is just biblical viewpoints. God says it's an abomination. And let me tell you something. We have backed down the message that we send. we as a people are scared to death of our own families to say i believe the bible and i know it's not popular but the bottom line is is that i cannot i cannot with any, with the least fiber of my being deny my lord and his word i've got to believe and i've got to stand where he stands i don't mean to be offensive and my heart's not to hurt but the truth is is god's word stands where's thats attitude amongst believers they can tell us that we have to believe their lies that we have to believe that their you know lifestyle is normal but god's word says it's not am i permitted to say what i believe according to the word of god am i allowed to say it's god's word why are we so afraid well you just don't know what'll happen at work i might lose my job if i because we we have you know homosexual uh uh, training, and we, we, we have sensitivity training for that stuff, and if I would take a stand on it, oh my i 'd lose my job. Oh, okay, hold on, let me just say it this way let um, 's see here These things teach and exhort even the hard things, Timothy, because Timothy, guess what when it 's all said and done, you know where you 'll be standing if you don 't stand here anyway. Before me at the judgment seat of Christ. And you will give me an answer why you didn't stand for me and instead back down. Is it, do we even think about the future? Do we even think about eternity? You say, well, I might be ostracized. I might be separate. I might even lose a family member or a friend if I took God's stand on things. Well, wait a second. Let me ask you this. Do you really want to disappoint him one day in eternity? Is, is that I mean, that's the decision you make. Right. The decision. Stand up, brother. The decision is, him, or him. That's it. Amen. Hold on. Let me let me show you that real slow. Okay. It's either him or him. They're trying. That, that's as simple as this is. Right. It. And again, it's not a matter of not liking someone or being divisive. It's not a matter of not liking people. It's just what does the Bible say? Where does God stand on issues? I'm, only, I'm going to stand kindly. I'm going to stand lovingly. But I am going to stand. Amen. I'm not going to bend at the knee. I'm not going to have a seat. I'm not going to just sit there and watch the world run by me and tell my children how they've got to feel, believe, and think. I'm going to take a stand. Now you see it. And that's all he's telling Timothy. Right. You, there's some tough messages here, Timothy. You're going to have to teach and exhort some things. And one of them is this issue on the slavery thing. It is not a popular message, but it doesn't change the reality and it doesn't change the truth. You've got to teach it, no matter how difficult it is, to receive. And you know what? We've got to teach and we've got to exhort in areas like marriage today. Like roles. And I'm not talking about the kind you eat. I'm talking about the kind you live. Where are all of our young ladies at? I don't I don't even see them around. Where's all my singles at? You got one here? That's that's pitiful. Got a couple, huh? Trisha, stand up. No, 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 you sit down. Rachel and Josh, because I'd hate to offend Rachel if I, you know. Yeah, I didn't like that. You made him, my girl. Yeah. Now listen. All I want to say is you know, I know how that works, you know. Yeah, the only the guys are jealous. I understand that. But anyway, look at look at those two right there. 1 2. Now hold on. Hold on. That's a girl right there. That Oh, that's a that's a boy. Yeah. That was bad. I shouldn't have done that, right? That's a girl. That's a boy. Hold on. Do you know that in the Bible, God doesn't treat them the same? That's right. Do you know what our world's teaching us? Do you know, you know what society's teaching? That we're all unisex. We're all just one. Matter of fact, you'll run to the store and you'll buy clothes that say unisex on them. Because you've been so duped. We have bought into the lies of our culture and society. And you ladies will wear stuff called unisex before you'll wear something that says men. But it's the same thing. Same stuff. And you guys will do that. You and your little skinny jeans. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, I, I mean, seriously. Are you kidding me? But who in the world wears skinny jeans that it's a guy, a man? I'm not getting it. Some of you are smiling because you wear them, I know. And if you don't wear skinny jeans, brother, you wear something all outlandish and crazy anyway. I know you. (laughs) But I'm just wondering what's happened to us when there's no distinction between that and that. Now, there's a distinction there. And you know what? You and I can see it with our eyes. We see it. We know there's a difference. And nobody can tell us different. We're looking right at it. But yet, the world somehow has so tainted our view that when we look at those, we go, no difference. How's that possible? It's Satan. It's satanic. It's satanic. And I just want you to know that biblically, when the the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, he says, listen, this issue that we've discussed, Timothy, that I've shared and that you now have to preach and teach, it's not going to be an easy one. It's a tough area. But you still have to give it. You still have to share it. You've got to, you know, these things teach and exhort. Hey, you know what? God's Word hasn't changed over these thousands of years. I still got to teach and exhort the fact that she's a girl, he's a boy, her role is different than his role, his role is different than her role, and that the truth is, the two of them go together, but not two guys, not two girls, and the fact is, and, and, and listen, all of those things are true. Thank you, you can be, be seated please. And again, it's not easy, well the preacher has to, because he's talking to Timothy, it's all about pastors, no it's not, he's talking to all of us today. Have you, have you watched any television lately? Now listen, if you watch any television at all, and you, if you let your children watch television, it's not the shows usually that you have to worry about as much as the commercials. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, you think about the commercials that we're seeing on TV now. Even a show that's considered good, you know, say, and again, you, you guys can debate with me all you want, and I, I know they mosey on up to the bar, but buddy, there's nothing like a good bonanza. I mean, little Joe getting in a fight, you know? And I mean, what do you do with that? I mean, come on now, you know? I mean, I don't know. I mean, those are just wholesome. The good guys always win. You know? The girls always die. You ever notice that? The girls never live. They get close enough, they're about ready to get married, and next thing you know, they're gone. Because, I mean, but it, it works for Bonanza, I don't know. Now, all I'm saying is, is that that's a you know that's a show. Probably, if your kids watch it, they they might be a little warped. they will be cowboys and Indians, and they'll be pretending to fight outside and all that. It's things that boys do, and that they're supposed to do. Amen. And and they may even pick up a gun and make a little stick of gun, run around shooting each other. And your parent moms, don't freak out. That doesn't mean they're going to grow up to be you know. Murderers, That's, that doesn't, I mean, I don't know. How, how many boys in this room played with guns when they were kids? Yeah, okay, how many of you boys have, be careful now. <laughs> but how many of you have, have murdered more than one person? <laughs> yeah, okay. See, no hands have gone up in this room. <laughs> no hands have gone up, you know what I'm saying? Now listen to me. I, 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 you know, there's nothing wrong with what's watching a bonanza, we'll say. But, but hold on. Man, the commercials. You're right. The, uh, you? look. At, I mean, man, and and that's like football and stuff. You know, honestly, guys, we got to be careful with football games. That's why I like that thing called a DVR. I love DVRs. You get to skip through all the commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, doesn't that save your spirit? Doesn't that? I mean, that. And I, yeah, I know that sometimes you get that. That means you got cable, so then you're probably watching things you shouldn't watch. I understand all that, but but if you aren't watching things you shouldn't watch and you're flipping through all those and speeding right through those, man, I'll tell you what, ladies, it's important that they have access to that. <laughs> okay, they say, well, forget it, get rid of all of it. Yeah, I know, okay. And we'll just have to go over to Brother Cavanaugh's and watch all the games. But we have to, we have to, we have to preach it all, and we have to teach it all, and it is not easy, you know, because we, we get a bat, we get labeled, and you know what? Nobody wants to be labeled in here. I don't want to be labeled. I, you know, if you don't agree with somebody's position on some issue, you know, a lot of times they say you're, you're a hater. You, you know, you don't have, you don't love people. I, last time I checked, we run buses because we love people. I mean, we spend thousands and thousands of dollars because we care about people. We, 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 the last time I checked, we have a youth program because we care about young people. We love young people. And, and we don't care what color they are. We don't care what uh, nationality they are. We don't care what gender they are. We just love them. Yeah, I, Last time I checked, that's what we do. And, and, I mean, we have soul winning and because we're concerned about the souls of people. And you know what? We don't just go to certain areas. We go everywhere because we care about everybody. But the moment someone hears that we take a stand on a biblical issue, certain stands get the label. You hate people. You don't love no one. You, you know, if that's what religion is, I don't want anything to do with it. Well, who's, That's the devil's message to them. And again, we're, we're not, you're not hating anybody by having a stand on the word of God. God loves everybody And yet he says certain things are wrong And we have to believe what God says And follow him Now We have to continue to exhort In these areas In Isaiah 520 Look over there would you please Next week I'm going to share with you Some characteristics and qualities Of false teachers Because he goes through a list of them here. He goes through a list of them. Look at Isaiah 5.20. Woe unto them they call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's pretty plain. Woe unto them. Do you know that the admonition applies to us as well as the world? You know, we read that passage. We like to look at the world and go, man, listen. Don't you realize, world, that um, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil? What about us? We got to be careful we don't fall into that trap of calling good, evil, and evil good. And I'm just going to say it, because you need to hear it. Let me tell you something. Standards are good in your life. That's right. You better have some standards.
0: Amen.
1: You better put a few guardrails up in your life, a few guardrails up in your home, and, and guardrails up for your children. Uh, when, when you start calling good evil, woe unto you come out from among them and be separate saith the lord and touch not the unclean thing where have we gone wrong on separation today why is it wrong to expect christians to look act and dress differently to to think differently to be different what what happened with that concept where'd that go why is that not an issue you know why are churches just saying, you know what, we don't, we're not going to emphasize standards because it just turns people away? Well, what about their spiritual well-being? Right. 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 What about the day when they do? Hey, listen, look at Hebrews, would you please, chapter 13 for a second. I, I just want you to see, I don't get this and, I, and I'm concerned because I believe that there's going to be a lot of pastors that wish they would have done some things differently. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm concerned that I'll be one of them. Uh, to some degree. I really do. I, man, I, I take this seriously. Hebrews chapter 13. But notice this. Because again, it all goes back, or should I say all goes forward, to a judgment. Everything does in your life. Watch what it says in chapter 13, verse 7. It tells the listener here. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Now, but not look down at verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. Watch this now. As they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Do you realize that every pastor has to give an account For the spiritual well-being of his church His flock His family This is the Lord's church I know, but I'm the under-shepherd Do you realize that if I permit you to go off the deep end spiritually And I don't do things to try to help keep you in the narrow way That I'll be held responsible at the judgment seat of Christ for that? So here's what I'm saying Let's go ahead and drop our services on Sunday night and Wednesday night Let's get rid of those Because it's not important anymore Who ultimately makes that decision? You say, well, the people did. Last time I checked, when Saul decided that he would go ahead and keep the best sheep and the best oxen and sacrifice them to God, last time I checked, um, he blamed the people, but the the Lord still blamed him. So so whether you get in an uprising and say, we're going to not have service on Sunday nights, and we don't think it's necessary on Wednesday, and I go, okay, fine, whatever, do what you want. I mean, I just need a job. God holds me responsible when I stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ. That's right. So what's wrong then with pastors? Right. If pastors are responsible at the judgment seat, you know what I think is happening? I think pastors, along with people across the country that name the name of Christ, are forgetting that there's a judgment. Yeah. Amen. That's, yeah. that's really the bottom line. I think we forget that we are responsible to the God who created us and saved us. I think we're forgetting that there's more than just this life that we live, that there is a time we answer to God. It's a payday, yes, if we've lived the life, we should, but it's also a time of regret if we haven't. I just want to encourage you and myself, I want to encourage all of us, let's be careful. We don't start calling good evil. The world calls evil good. But sadly, it seems to me in the church, we start calling good evil. Either one is wrong. Whether it starts in the house of God or it starts in a back alley in the world. It's still wrong if you're turning evil to good or good to evil. It doesn't matter which it is. And let's make up our mind that we're going to sit and we're going to take... Counsel from this word And we're going to make sure that what it Says we know We're going to make sure we understand what it Teaches See Maybe we need like in the singles class I do Little tests from time to time This recently we did one on the book of Revelation Maybe we need to do a test on A few bible truths And you need to be able to see What you do know and what you don't know Because if you don't know what he says, then you probably aren't standing and teaching it. You probably aren't. It's important to know why we do what we do, not just to do what we do. Because when difficult times come, if we don't know why, we'll lay it down because it's just too difficult to keep going. And I just want us to understand we must stand if no one else stands we must he's counting on us father we come to you we thank you again for this time together and Lord just help us Father to be found faithful to you and again Lord there's none of us that are perfect I mean Lord we're just we're just humans we're just